And not only in revival, of course, but I mean just in general. Listen to this, Matthew 24, 4. They were asking Jesus, what is the sign of your coming, the end of the age? What are we to look for? What's going on? And Jesus answered this. The very first thing he said, take heed that no one deceive you. So that's number one. Jesus was showing us here that deception would be thick. It would be a very uh, realistic thing to say, look, in these last days, deception could overtake people if we're not careful. And that's why I'm saying we need to know the Holy Spirit for ourselves. We need to pray. We need to know the word for ourselves so that we're not deceived, okay? And Jesus says this, and I want everybody to please hear me. He said that many, not a few, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So please hear this. This is, this is where I'm going with this tonight. Many will come saying, Jesus is the Christ. So you think that they're a Christian. You think that they're a minister of the gospel. You think that they're telling you the truth. Many will come saying, yes, Jesus is the Christ, but yet they will deceive many. Did everybody see that? Is I think people read that wrong. They read that, that there's going to be a lot of people running around saying, I am Jesus Christ. And there's a few of those nutcases, aren't there? But that's not what this is saying. Jesus is saying there's going to be many people that are going to say that Jesus is the Christ, yet they're going to deceive many. And then it goes on to say um, in 2 John chapter 7, or 2 John 7 rather, for many deceivers who don't, do not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh have gone out into the world. Each one is a deceiver and an antichrist. That's interesting. Now, keep this in mind. I'm going to go slow a little bit through these scriptures. Antichrist does mean opposition, but it also means instead of in the Greek. Remember that, instead of. So see, the man that we call the Antichrist, which the Bible uses a lot of other names more than that. It uses names like the lawless one, the son of perdition, the Assyrian, all these different names. But... That individual is not just going to be in opposition to Christ, but he's going to be an imposter. He's going to be instead of Christ or another, like a false Christ, a false Messiah. Is everybody seeing this? So see, Satan isn't just going to come in opposition. His goal is to give you a counterfeit Christ. Hello? Well, we're going somewhere tonight with this. Trust me. And instead of Christ. So there are many people you look at, I'll, look, I'll go through this together with you, but there's a lot of different religions out there that there's something offered and it's presented as Christ, but it's not the real Jesus Christ. It's another Christ. All right, let me give you a few more scriptures. 1 John 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You know, that's concerning because in these latter days, I, I believe that it's going to be reminiscent of Jeremiah. See, a lot of people would look today at the prophet Jeremiah as being a failure. He didn't have one single convert, and I mean, he suffered, and no, it was, he was very rejected. 
But if you read the life of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was the ultimate success. He was 100% obedient to God in a time of apostasy. As a matter of fact, if you study it out, it is quite possible that Jeremiah was the only true living prophet of God during a time when there was, I mean, countless false prophets prophesying. The opposite of what he was saying. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Just be careful, river of life. There are some true prophets out there, but there's a lot of false prophets out there too. And somebody needs to say it. I'm, I'm tired of this stuff where they say stuff that didn't come to pass, and then they say stuff that didn't come to pass, and they say more that didn't come to pass, and then people still keep going to them. At some point in time, you need to realize maybe what they're saying isn't from the Lord. Hello? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is already in the world. So again, there's a spirit that's like instead of Christ, another Christ, a false Christ, a counterfeit. And then 1 John 3, 4, whoever practices sin breaks the law for sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away our sins and in him there is no sin. Whoever remains in him does not sin. Whoever sins has not seen him and does not know him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who does righteous, uh, the one who does righteousness is righteous, just as Christ is righteous. Whoever practices sin is of the devil. What that means is not saying we're perfect, but people are quick to repent and quit living in it. This is saying if you're living in unrepentant sin, you don't know him. That's what it's saying. He who practices sin is of the devil. That's a lifestyle. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not practice sin. That means doesn't live in sin. For God's seed remains in him. And he cannot keep on sinning. How many can say as a Christian, the Holy Spirit has convicted me and made me miserable and I could not keep on living a life of sin. How many would say that? Amen? That's what this is saying. But see, there's people out there that really don't know the Lord and they're comfortable in their sin. So again, whoever is born of God does not practice sin for God's seed remains in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he's born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are revealed. Whoever does not live in righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Let me give you just a couple more scriptures, then we're going to talk about a few things tonight. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now, brothers, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and concerning our being gathered together unto him, we ask you to not let your mind be quickly shaken or troubled, neither in spirit nor by word nor by letter, coming as though from us, as if the day of the Lord has already come, basically. So apparently there was some type of a letter that was forged by Paul. It wasn't written by him, but it was a forgery that was being sent out saying that Christ has already come. The apostle Paul was having to deal with this. In verse 3 it says, Do not let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come. What day? The coming of Christ. 
Okay, that day will not come unless a falling away comes first. So we're living in that time. How many see that in the day that we're living that there are people that once walked with Christ that used to go to church, that used to proclaim to be a Christian that are now falling completely away from the faith? So this is a sign of the nearness of Christ's coming. And then it says, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of destruction. This is the Antichrist as we call him. He will be revealed, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or his worship, so that he sits as God in the temple. That's midway through the tribulation, remember? Showing himself as God, whose coming, this is very interesting here, whose coming is in accordance with the working of Satan with all power and signs and false wonders. That's interesting. He's going to have a sidekick called the false prophet who will be able to perform signs and wonders on command. But it's kind of like the magicians in Pharaoh's court that are doing it by the power of witchcraft. And it will deceive many. Read Revelation chapter 13. And it says, And with all deception of unrighteousness among those who perish, because they did not love the truth, they might, uh, that they might be saved. Therefore, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. And that's interesting because there was a Bible teacher point out that in the original, it says, it does indicate in the Greek here, the lie, like a specific lie. That's interesting. So what is going to be believed? It said, I'm going to read this to you. I got Pastor Scott's paraphrase. Ready? This Antichrist is going to come to power with signs and wonders and miracles. And because people did not listen to nor believe the preachers of the gospel, and they did not believe and love the truth, they were given over to some specific lie. And therefore, the Bible says in verse 11, God will send them a strong delusion that they might believe the lie that they might all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So how many knows we need to love the truth? So we're seeing here, even in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, great deception. And we know it's not in these notes, but it will be next week. 1 Timothy 4.1, which talks about the Spirit clearly says in the last days, some will abandon the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Again, deception, you see. Now, let me show you something else in Galatians 1.6. Trying to kind of set our teeth into something here. This is what I'm sharing tonight. I'm trying to take my time because I want you to see in the Bible, the Bible predicts that there would be great deception and they would be an antichrist spirit. And that spirit would try to offer like a counterfeit Christ and a strong deception and lies and people being seduced into these things. And then Galatians 1.6, it says, I marvel. Paul had, you know, birthed the Galatian church. He went there on a missionary journey and they, they were born just like all the churches in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then there were some Judaizers that came in behind Paul who tried to make the Galatians feel 
that you had to be circumcised and kind of keep the law of Moses and, and the traditions of the Pharisees and Sadducees, etc., that if you didn't do certain things, you couldn't be saved. And Paul was very upset about this because it was nullifying the grace of God. We're not saved by works, hello? We're saved by grace. And so Paul was very upset about this because this false teaching was making the Galatians believe that if they did this and didn't do this, that that was going to earn their salvation, you see. And so Paul said, I marvel that you are turning away from so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not a gospel. But there are some who trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ, although if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, then the one we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then the one that you have received, let him be accursed. So I want you to see that there can be a counterfeit false gospel, a false Christ, and like counterfeit spirits. The Bible says don't believe every spirit, test the spirits. And also there can be true prophets, but there's people that are not speaking of the Lord. So test the spirits. Test these prophets. Are what they're saying actually of the Lord? And here's Satan's end-time counterfeit. This is interesting as well. If you study end-time prophecy as I have, you can see that Satan is going to try to counterfeit the Trinity or the triune God. Satan is somehow going to appear like some benevolent angel of light to this world. He's going to be the counterfeit to the God of Abraham, Yahweh, the Father. He's, he's going to come as some kind of benevolent, light-bearing entity. And he's also going to have his right-hand man, the Antichrist, a false Messiah, a false Jesus Christ. And he's going to have his counterfeit, his left-hand man, if you will, his counterfeit prophet, which is kind of like a, a counterfeit to the Holy Spirit, producing even signs and wonders that make people believe in the false Christ and in his God, Lucifer, the light bearer. And people are going to be deceived by this. Not a few. Most people will. And so as we're moving headlong into this, how many can see in this day and age that we're living right now, you can honestly say, not because I'm preaching this and not because I'm asking the question, but you can say honestly that you see more deception today than you did 50 years ago or whatever. How, you know, many, many years ago when you first got saved or whatever, you're seeing more deception today than ever. It's a sign of the soon coming of the Lord. The world is moving into thick darkness, but there's going to be a, a light of truth, a glory upon us as his people. Also, let me give you a couple things here. There's, there's something that you need to see. Number one, <clears throat> that 
This is more important than a lot of the American church. Let me say it again. This is more important than a lot of the American church will probably understand. And I, and I pray that they really grasp what I'm saying because this, this is something that I think a lot of people don't see as important, but it is extremely important, okay? We need to understand our Hebrew roots of the faith and that Jesus has fulfilled the law and the prophets. And we need to understand that the God that we worship, the Father, is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. Please understand that. Because there's weird teachings out there that can deceive and confuse people. Uh, one individual said one time, well, the God of the Muslims are worshiping the same God as we're worshiping, but that's not actually true. Are you following me? Do you know you're starting to see why? I'm trying to tell you that this is more important than what a lot of people think. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. That is the God that we worship. But there are many other gods, counterfeit gods, even those that would pretend to be the God of Abraham that are not, okay? The Jesus that we know is Yeshua, he is the Hebrew Messiah. Why is that important? Because there are so many false Christs that are out there. And even among a lot of Christendom, you can look at a lot of the paintings and the pictures, even going back, how does it present Jesus? It presents him as like an Anglo-Saxon Anglo white guy almost Greek or Roman or something. Is, how many have seen that? To truly know the Jesus of the Bible, you have to understand that he is the son of David, okay? He's Jewish, and you have to understand the Hebrew roots. Or you can end up inadvertently being deceived into another Christ and not even realize it. This is more important than what I'm probably able to convey. But there's such an anti-Semitism in a lot of Christianity that they, they don't care for that. But even if they don't care for it, it's still the way that it is. Now, <clears throat> let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Number one, these false Christs, these other Jesuses out there. So... There was one guy, I guess he was trying to be ecumenical. And he got up, he was supposed to represent us. And he was supposed to pray at some government thing. And instead of using Jesus' name, because I guess he was scared to offend people, he uses the name Isa, which is the Muslim name for Christ. He's not the same person. I'm going to show you. The Muslim Jesus, his message, according to Muslims, okay, his message was pure Islam, which means a surrender to Allah. They also believe that Allah, the Muslim God, had no son. That's interesting, okay? Isa's disciples 
supposedly were true Muslims, and get this one, and Isa's mother, Miriam, was actually, actually Moses' sister. Now, how in the world does that work? Let's talk about time travel, right? And then Isa never actually died, but ascended to Allah. And when he comes back, he's coming to correct all of us Christians for our weird beliefs. Okay, so this doesn't take a lot of intelligence to see that this is not the same Jesus of the Bible. This is another Christ, a false Christ. And if there is an antichrist spirit in any religion, Muslim is Islam is definitely a religion that has a very strong antichrist spirit. Also the Mormon Jesus. The Mormon Jesus was born supposedly <clears throat> You have to understand Mormon theology. They believe as hard as this is going to be for you to believe this is true, they believe the God that we worship was once just like me. And he simply was a good Mormon, and so he graduated to godhood. And now he's able to oversee a planet that he populated here. And that if you're a good little Mormon you can become a god of your own planet having multiple wives and populate that planet. They also believe that Jesus and Lucifer were brothers and there was some kind of a fight in heaven and Lucifer lost and was thrown to the earth and became black people. That's, the, that's what they believe. Now, they probably have recanted that. I think that probably got them in trouble. But... Anyway, you're seeing how bizarre this whole thing is. Do you think that the Jesus of the Mormons is the Jesus we know? Of course not. And the Jehovah's Witnesses. <clears throat> the Jehovah's Witness Jesus. Excuse me, the Jehovah's Witness Jesus. They believe that war broke out in heaven... And Michael, the archangel, who somehow is the resurrected Jesus, okay? That his angels battled the dragon, and they believe in John 1, 1, that where it states the word, in the beginning was the word, where word was God, was with God, and all that. They translate that different as the word was a little g God. And they don't see Jesus as God Almighty, and so they see him somehow as Michael the archangel. So how many knows the Jehovah's Witness Jesus is not the Jesus that we know? So there's even some things in, in even in Christian circles that are concerning here that I believe that a lot of these people I'm about to describe now probably are born again and going to heaven, but they have bad doctrine. And there's a group that believe in oneness. And what that means is they believe that Jesus is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That that's it. There's basically no Father. There's no Holy Spirit. There's just Him. It's called oneness. So I wonder how in the world they read about Jesus' baptism where the Father spoke from heaven and the Holy Spirit came on Jesus 
how do they read that and not question their doctrine? Now, I do believe that many of them know the Lord and are good people, but again, it's a weird Jesus here that's being presented that there's no Father, there's no Holy Spirit. He is the Father. He is the, see what I'm saying? Again, that's a distorted view of Jesus, a weird view. And another Jesus I'm concerned about is being not the real Jesus here is the Catholic Jesus. You ever notice that the Catholic Jesus always is seen as either a baby on a cross dead or with a strong mother figure over him And I've, I've done a lot of evangelism in my lifetime, a lot, a lot of street evangelism. And I've talked to a lot of Catholic people through the years. And there were very few that were born again and knew the Lord. Very few. The overwhelming majority did not know what born again even meant. So, and I know there's sweet lady here tonight that grew up Catholic and she's nodding and agreeing with me. I'm just telling you, in my mother's side, we have some Catholic in our family. So I'm not being negative here about Catholic people. I love them. But there's a, I believe the Catholic Jesus is not the same as the Jesus that we know. I just, that's my personal opinion. He is, he is seen somehow they refer to Mary as the mother of God. And they deify Mary over him. And they pray to Mary instead of him. And so it's weird. It's this weird Jesus that is always seen as being kind of lower than Mary or something. And in my opinion, it's another Christ altogether. Also, another area would be the New Agers. New Age was formed as Eastern religions like yoga and all that began to come into America. And it's believed that you're your own God, that you're a God within. And through yoga and meditation, you tap into your Godhood, etc. Well, New Agers also channel beings. So like, kind of like a seance, they'll channel. And they believe that there's these ascended, what they call ascended masters, which are people that graduated to a higher plane of existence. And they would use people like a Buddha or a Jesus Christ or somebody else as being ascended masters. And supposedly they can channel these ascended masters and get great wisdom from them. Well, the New Agers, some of them claim to have channeled Jesus and that supposedly Jesus was upset at us for worshiping him as God. <laughs> they're channeling demons. I mean, I know you know that. So New Agers see Jesus as some kind of an ascended master on the same level as a Buddha or, Buddha or whatever. Also, Edgar Cayce's followers said he was a good example, but he just died as a man. Do you see that? They're taking away his deity and his resurrection from the dead. And that's really what the super, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar movie kind of did, didn't it? Christian science believed Jesus is absolutely not God. The Unification Church teaches it is great error 
to believe Jesus was God himself. Freemasons deny the deity of Christ. And those that are on the lowest level probably don't realize this, but the higher up you go. I remember I was just simply, it was a lot of Freemasons. There was an older group of people I worked with at a time. Actually, Dad and I worked at the same place for a time. And when I was there, I just mentioned some things to a guy about Freemasonry and we have Freemasonry in our family, so I've had to learn about this and pray about it. And one, it was interesting because there was an older gentleman that approached me, and he said to me in private, of course, they're all weirded out about it because you're not supposed to talk about their great secrets, you know. And so he wanted to catch me in private, and, and we're alone, and he's asked me, he said, I have a reason for asking you this. I've heard that you've said some things about Freemasonry, and he said, <clears throat> does Freemasonry begin to have witch, witchcraft and other things like that in it? The higher up you go, he said, because I've, as I've gone up the echelons, I'm running into some things that really concern me. I said, absolutely it does. And he said, okay, well, that confirms. And so I was encouraging him, get out of it, renounce it, you know, look to Jesus for your salvation. And it's one guy who's the sweetest guy. When you get into Freemasonry and you're in the really lower levels of it, it seems like a fraternity or something, like a college fraternity. That's how Satan wants it to appear. And so this guy kind of pulls me to the side and he says, I heard you've been saying this. And he said, look, because, I mean, as soon as I said just one thing to one person, it just, just spread, you know. And so this guy, he tells me, he said, you don't, you don't know, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. So there ain't nothing like none of that. And he kept on and on. I'm just looking at him until he finished. And I said, his name was Jimmy. He's a nice guy. I said, Jimmy, I said, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I said, why don't you go read your Freemasonic books? And I gave him the books and the names. I said, why don't you look at where they talk about Lucifer as being the light bearer and this great architect of the universe who it actually is. I said, I know what I'm talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. And he just sat there dumbfounded. So Freemasonry denies the deity of Jesus Christ. It has a weird fake baptism in it where through this ritual, supposedly someone is struck and they die and through the great lion's paw or whatever, they're raised back up to new life. It's a really weird ritual. It's a counterfeit baptism. And as they go up, it's interesting that there's a counterfeit weird communion that they take. And as they get up to the highest level, some Freemasonic priesthood guy will anoint them with oil and pray over them. Isn't that weird? So it's like everything is counterfeited. So it's very bizarre. But Freemasonry has um, <clears throat> very ecumenical. It's all religions come together. And they definitely do not believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. I mean... Once you get up in the higher echelons of Freemasonry, they have no time for true Christianity whatsoever. Very universal, ecumenical, and Luciferian in its beliefs. Other major religions like Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism will deny the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I'm sharing this tonight, the reason I'm preaching this way is because as we move into great revival, 
in the days to come, and I know that River of Life stands with me in this, I don't care that the real Jesus and the real gospel offends people because it will offend some. I'm not going to water it down. I'm going to present the true Jesus of the Bible. You can either take him or leave him, but he is God in the flesh. And I mean, I'm just preaching it straight. And so I want you to understand there's a lot of deception. There's a lot of false Christs that are out there, an antichrist spirit. And another point I would like to make here is this. People use their imagination all the time to create a false God and a false Christ that suits themselves. Okay, I'll give you a couple examples. I've seen where the homosexual community wants to create some kind of a God and some kind of a Jesus, the Jesus being homosexual, that basically condones their abominations. How many knows that's a false God and a false Christ? They're just deceiving themselves. There's a weird form of counterfeit Christianity out there today in America that has probably a lot more followers than what we would want to think that absolutely do not believe you have to be born again. They don't believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. They don't live a righteous life. They're totally comfortable with abortion and, and you know, homosexual marriage, etc. They're very liberal. And how many knows that, I, you know, I love them and I pray that many of them get saved, but they do not know the God of Abraham they do not, do not know his son, the true Yeshua. They're not born of God, and they're not going to heaven when they die, but yet they call themselves Christians. And they actually can't stand us true Christians because we stand for righteousness, and they don't, and they, they, they really despise us, to be honest with you. I've seen where even ethnic groups or gangs or something. I remember there was a gang one time I saw that they had a Jesus that was basically, it, they drew him or whatever, and he appeared as a gangbanger wearing their colors or whatever. How many knows that that's not the Jesus of the Bible? I've seen ethnic groups. How many knows that Jesus was not a black African? He was not a Mexican, and he's not a white guy. He is the son of David. He's a Jew. So you can say whatever you want to say, I know the real Jesus of the Bible, and I'm going to preach him. You can try to create a Jesus in your image that suits you, but it's not the true Jesus of the Bible. There can be a, another gospel, another Jesus, another spirit that is deceiving people, and they think that they have some kind of salvation, but they don't know him. And so 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For to those who are perishing, the preaching of the cross is foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. So for those who are perishing out there, the preaching of the cross to them seems foolishness. Also, Mark 16.20 when we will preach the true gospel and present the true Jesus Christ, 
Mark 16, 20 says that they went forth and preached everywhere in the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. So God will back up his true gospel, the preaching of his true son. He will back that up with healings and miracles and deliverances, signs and wonders. He'll back it up. He'll validate it. I wonder how many people out there in the institutionalized or denominational church believe they're saved because they said some prayer or they joined some church or they just simply believe with their head a creed. You know, they go among a group. They think they're saved. Let me just ask the question, are you truly born again because the Holy Spirit in you will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God that you're truly born of God and because of that you can point back to a time where your life was radically different and this is the truth about my life people that knew me years ago back when I was just living in sin I was a heathen my life, I mean, I was, I was living in such sin, I was such a different person that the people then, that I haven't seen in, you know, 30 years or whatever, if they met me now and sit down and talk to me, they would say, you are nothing like that person. And that's the truth. I mean, I am a completely different person. They wouldn't even believe that I was the same person. See, when you're truly born again, your life is going to be radically changed. But I think many people are just religious. They've just said a prayer. They've just gone to church. They've joined a church or whatever. They think they're saved. And in today's culture, there's a lot of really large churches that won't tell you the things I'm telling you tonight. You won't hear these sermons there. Consequently, the, the people that are sitting out there, many of them don't even know the Lord. They're not even born again. They have, some of them, in their mind, have created a God that is totally okay with their sexual immorality and them living this double life. They go to church, but they live in sin throughout the week. And, you know, and nobody's telling them any difference. It's a, in, in their mind and in their life, they have used their imagination to create another God, another Christ, another gospel that is powerless to save them. But yet they believe they're saved. <clears throat> and I believe that's why Matthew um, talks about Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, I believe, talks about that many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, we prophesied, we healed the sick, we drove out demons in your name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. He's going to throw them into hell saying, I never knew you. You practice lawlessness. In other words, like I was reading earlier, you lived in unrepentant sin. He never, they never were born again and they never repented of their sin. And Jesus is going to throw them into hell, but they were very religious people, you see. So let me close with this scripture, Jude 1, 3. It says, Beloved, while I diligently tried to write to you of the salvation we have in common, I find it necessary to write and appeal to you to contend for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints. 
For there are some men who have secretly crept in among you who were marked long ago for this condemnation. They are ungodly men who pervert the grace of our Lord God into immorality and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are those that creep in among us that are not truly of us. And I believe in these latter days as God's about to pour out his spirit, you're going to see that there's going to be a great sifting between the wheat and the tares. Even now, the falling away that's happening is the wheat and tares being pulled apart. And Jude said, I had to write you and appeal to you to contend for the faith. So let me just encourage you as we're going into, we're believing for revival, and there's people that are going to be coming in, and they're going to be getting saved in large numbers. We have to make sure that we're preaching, <coughs> excuse me, that we are preaching the true gospel, that we are preaching the true Christ and the true God of the Bible and leading them to him. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of false Christ. Now pay attention to it and you'll see this for yourself. There's people out there that have some false Jesus in paintings and pictures and all that that'll be sitting there with like a joint hanging out of his mouth with a little shot of whiskey playing cards with them. In their, in their mind, that's the Jesus that they think they know. That's going to get them into heaven. It's a false Jesus. And so, Lord, tonight I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the power of your spirit. And, Lord, I pray as this goes out that many will soul search and ask themselves, do I really truly know the Jesus of the Bible? Am I born again? Because we can be very religious, and we can do, we can do a lot of things that are religious. We can go to church, but church isn't going to save you. You can go to hell with baptismal water still on your face and a communion wafer still in your mouth holding a hymnal. None of that's going to get you into heaven. You must truly be born again and know the Jesus of the Bible. He is your source. He is your salvation. And one of the things that's really important to me in this coming revival is having everybody close their eyes and look up and look to Jesus. Look past man. Look past anything to do with the church, anything to do with the worship set. Look to him. He's your source. He is your salvation. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. Reach up to the Jesus of the Bible, the one who died, who raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is your source of life. So, Lord, I thank you for your word tonight and the power of your spirit. Let this be sealed in all of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.